Yes, we've got to the final preview part of the 2021 NFL preseason with the AFC West. We're now just seven days away from the start of the season. The Buccaneers hosting the Cowboys. Here we go. Let's get it going. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-Yard NFL Podcast. Yes, the teams are cut down to 53 each. We've seemed to have cut Sean out for yet another pod, but there's one man that we'll never cut, and that's Steve Tuff. How are you doing, mate? I am good. We are finally there, believe it or not. We're finally at the last preview pod of the season, of the series, shall I say. The season is upon us. We are seven days away from football. I can't believe it's finally here. This off-season has felt like it's gone on forever. So very excited to see some football actually start again and uh, in for a full slate of, uh, of exciting games uh, to open it all up next weekend. Roster cuts have happened, like you said. Um, not too many surprises. Um, but yeah, let, let's go. Let's get going. I'm so excited for the season. I can see that you're buzzing. I'm buzzing as well. So much so that I made about three or four different errors at the very start of the pod. This is our fifth or sixth take. Uh, just can't wait to get into it. Just can't wait for the season to start. But before we do, I need a Zach Ertz update. Is he still with the Eagles? He is still with the Eagles. And in a, in a Zach Ertz update, he is still on the team. He gave a press conference, uh, I think a couple of days ago, yesterday maybe, and um, and was very honest and just said, yeah, there's been apologies made. They've, they've sort of, you know, things have... Bridges have been mended, so to speak, and he's happy to be in Philadelphia. He said it's the best training camp he's had physically in years. Um, likes the new coaching staff, has learned a lot from, a lot from Nick Sirianni. I mean, Nick Sirianni has sort of started as a wide receivers coach anyway, so he's obviously got experience with sort of pass catching and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, exciting, exciting. I'm beginning to think he might get an extension of like a small one. You know, he's not going to get paid Travis Kelsey money or George Kittle money, but he might get a little extension and finish his career in Philadelphia. I'd love that. I'd love for him to retire an eagle. Fantastic news. I've been buzzing for you every week and they're going, is he still there? Is he still there? No, all fun and games, but uh, no, glad to see that the jersey still holds relevance. It's Not it's rare to... it's rare that you buy a jersey for a player whilst they're whilst they're active and in the NFL and it lasts as long as it has. I think yeah. I bought this Ertz jersey in like 2016, maybe. Oof, and it's, it's, still, and it's going. still it's still going, which is impressive. He's outlasted Wentz. I got a Wentz one when Wentz signed, so <laughs> so he's outlasted Carson. <laughs> Well, spare a thought for me, you know, as a Browns fan, it's been almost impossible to uh, to have anybody, really, and yes. stick around. My Miles Garrett one is probably the one that survived the most, where the player has survived, but the jersey has not. So, uh... <laughs> A good friend of mine who's also a Browns fan made the mistake of buying a Johnny Manziel jersey. That was my first one. My first <laughs> one was a Johnny Manziel, and then I went with uh, Travis Benjamin after that. Oh, of which uh, he left at the end of that season, and yeah, I could go on and on. We um, could do a we could do a whole podcast about shirts that we've all got because I'm sure some guys have got some uh, some shirt names in the closet. 
See, these are the ideas that we need during the pre-season, Steve. We can't do it now. We can't, can't do, do it, it now. Anymore. There's football to talk about, Josh. There's football. There is indeed. I tell you what, let's kick off with some news, shall we? So as a quick, just going to do a quick all-round news update. First of all, the New Orleans Saints will kick off the season in Jacksonville after the uh, the city of New Orleans has dealt with the brunt of Hurricane Ida. Uh, they've been practicing at TCU in Texas, but it was announced um, it was announced Wednesday that they would kick off their season in Jacksonville. I think Jacksonville are probably just happy to have a full stadium for once, more than anything else. Um, teams have cut down to 53, as we've said. Uh, the biggest news, though, came out of New England. Cam Newton being the surprise omission from the New England Patriots. And Mac Jones, therefore, as the new starting quarterback, um, Cam Newton said during the preseason that there definitely weren't 32 players better than him. Uh, maybe not, but the vaccination status of a few of those might uh, have bumped them up the leaderboard. Uh, speaking of QB1s, the Chicago Bears have named Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback, as Nagy has said that there is no need to rush Justin Fields. OK, mate. Okay, we'll see what you say after week three. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has told reporters that he doesn't need to name a starter. He said he has a pretty good idea who will start week one and that the journalists could probably figure it out. Kyle Shanahan, mind games for everyone, including the opposition, and it seems themselves. Typical Kyle Shanahan. Uh, And our typical Indianapolis Colts injury updates. So it turns out that (laughs) I'm I'm sorry, I shouldn't laugh. So Carson Wentz has now come off the COVID uh, designation and is able to practice. However, T.Y. Hilton will now start the season on IR after having surgery on his neck. Uh, GM Chris Ballard has already uh, said that he will return sooner than later and that the veteran already feels some relief after the procedure. So, yeah, sorry about that, indie fans, but another week, another bit of injury news. But, hey, you got your starting quarterback back with eight practices under his belt before the start of the season. So it's all good. It's all good. You can go into that starting terrible part of your schedule just without one of your main receivers. It's all good. It's all good in Indy. Steve, anything there that you want to touch on? Yeah, some in- obviously, you know, hoping that everyone's okay if they've been in the path of uh, Hurricane, yeah. Hurricane Ida. Um, I've got some friends down in Louisiana, and they, you know, luckily they're all safe and families are all safe. But it's you know, it's horrible, and it's horrible that the New Orleans are even having to to move their game. But you know, it's good absolutely. that they're able to do it. Um, it's good that they're able to do it. And uh, Jacksonville's is uh, in the grand scheme is is not a huge distance away. Um, so yeah, it's good to see that it's not going to disrupt the 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 um the calendar but obviously some things are more important than football so of yeah of course um yeah the starting quarterback continues to uh, dominate the news uh, the cam newton release was was big um i remember on our pod our preview for the uh for the division a few weeks back me you and sean were all discussing when we'd see mac jones and it turns out it will be week one snap one you know he will be the guy in the center and from what i've seen he's had a really really good camp a lot of people are um are very intrigued by his progress. So, you know, there's obviously an easy decision to make and he is the future of the franchise. So it'll be interesting to see how he develops. And um, 
Uh, yeah, uh, and obviously the, the Indianapolis news is not to be... I mean, it's a bit surprising that Wentz is back so soon from his uh, surgery, I'd say, rather than the whole COVID thing. Um, I don't think the COVID thing has gone away yet. And, you know, all of these players that are saying it's a personal decision, well, it's not going to be a personal decision when you're, you and four of your teammates are out because, you know, you think you know better. Um, so, yeah, that's going to rumble on this season. I, I think there will be situations where games will be won or lost because of people being out due to it. So, yeah, that, we have not heard the end of that, I don't think. No, so I've just got two questions for you. One... When do we see Fields? What week? And the second one, who starts for the 49ers? So the interesting thing with Fields, I think, is that the the, the sort of leeway that I will give Nagy is that that offensive line is dreadful. And why would you want to introduce Fields so he can just get absolutely battered for six games, you know, until he gets injured? You know, look what happened to Joe Burrow. You know, would you rather not just protect him? until you can get you know but then the you know we just we've discussed the bears that they could be in a sort of situation where they might get in and some better quarterback player might put them in the playoffs so you know if if dalton's the same old dalton that we saw in dallas last season i don't think it'll be long but i think there's also an um you know that offensive line's not great and i think there might be some of that being taken into consideration um you know not to not to throw your rookie under the bus so to speak um and I think uh, I think Shannon sticks with Garoppolo. I think Garoppolo knows yeah. the offense. I don't think he wants to introduce um, Lance just yet. Um, I wouldn't even be surprised if Garoppolo plays the season. You know, I think I think Garoppolo's gone next season. I think they they trade him or they cut him next season, and I think Lance takes the reins next season. You don't trade three first round picks to pick a quarterback and then not play him for two or three seasons. You know, they want him in the building and, and, you know, starting soon. But it wouldn't surprise me if it's Garoppolo for the rest of this year. I'm assuming you you think the same. Yeah, so I think I think that you'll see Lance for a few plays a game. I think that Shanahan likes the versatility of having two QB ready, uh, QB1 ready quarterbacks, two, mm-hmm. two, two players that can fill that role. And... I think that he's going to be one of these coaches that because he has that versatility, he'll go into starting a game with the guy that you'd least suspect during a game. Yeah. He might even do it matchup to matchup, yeah. you know, use different skill sets for it. Um, the, the elephant in the room as well is that we we talked about it last week, the, the injury proneness of the San Francisco roster, namely Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, if yeah. he goes down week two, week three, week four with another knee injury or, or anything, whatever it is, then Trey Lance might have, Shanahan might have no choice but to put Lance in there. So, yeah, it's a lot of it's going to be injury dependent. If he can have another season like 2019 where he go, when he took the team 13-3, and three, they'll stick with him. But, you know, a lot depends on his injury record as well. Absolutely. And one bit of breaking news, and this is actually breaking news. I just got the tweet um, as it came out. Sky Sports have announced their opening slate of games. Oh, how exciting. Indeed. Uh, I thought I'd just have to share this with everyone, even though they'll all see it now. Uh, so, obviously, Cowboys versus the Bucks as the first night football game. The opening Sunday game will be the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills. And then the 925 game will be the Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. Expected but appreciated. Massive game. game. Uh, The Sunday night football, obviously, Chicago Bears at the LA Rams. And then Monday night football, the Baltimore Ravens at the Las Vegas Raiders in the Death Star. 
So, with that underway, with that under the belt, shall I say, let's hit the AFC West. So, a little easier to see as to who won this one. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs ended up uh, as the number one seed in the AFC after a 14-2 and two season. Um, losing, of course, to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders then came in second, as something which will surprise some if they've not uh, looked at the standings for the last few uh, last few weeks and months with a 500 season, 8-8. Eight and eight. The Chargers then follow in 7-9, and nine, and Denver bringing up the pack 5-11. and 11. Um, so last year they played the NFC South and the AFC East. This year they will play the NFC East, AFC North, and the 17th game is the AFC South. Uh, Steve, kick us off with what your thoughts are for the Kansas City Chiefs. And try not to say they should be all good, run it back, mic drop. <laughs> well, I mean, every conversation about the AFC West over the last sort of probably three or four years started with the Kansas City Chiefs because they've just been so good. And it's, it's you know, it's it's easy to see why when you've got the best player in the NFL under centre, when you've got probably the best tight end in the NFL, you know, uh, mm-hmm. when you've got one of the fastest ride receivers in the NFL um, amongst other players on the roster, you know, though immediately they're weapons that you can utilise. And, and obviously, we, you know, we don't need to listen to me tell you how good um, Pat Mahomes is and how much he, he drags them through games sometimes. So, but what was evident for all to see is that unfortunately they, they couldn't get it done in, in the ball game and, and, and they came, came apart at the seams against, against a very good and a very, um, you know, uh, shall we say informed Tampa Bay team in, in the Super Bowl and and sort of just looking at some numbers it's you know it's I don't I think we agreed sort of off air that the 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 Super Bowl loss was not Pat Mahomes' fault. I don't think you can really blame yeah. him. I think their their offensive line crumpled. You know, they lost both. Was it the both guards they lost, or was it tackles? I think um, it was both tackles that they lost. Both tackles. But, that's but right. They yeah. were very that their postseason was very wearing on their squad. I mean, they even lost yeah. obviously Mahomes during the Browns game. Exactly. Uh, yeah. With, yeah. And and he was dealing with turf toe, and even then, yeah. you know, he yeah. he still bonged out whenever he yeah. took the field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we all remember that the the diving throw to his right where when he actually throws the ball, he's completely off the ground, which is which was just an unbelievable play. Um, you know, so I think he did everything he could, but that showed how much they came up short and that Tampa Bay defense just just went to town. They didn't even score a touchdown. That's that's how much they were held by that defense. God, did they not even um, score a touchdown? No, it's 31-9. They scored three field goals. That's it. Um, you know, Pat Mahomes still threw for 270 yards, um, but he threw two interceptions, no touchdowns. He was sacked three times. Uh, his QBR was 42 and his rating was 52. He didn't, you know, but but yet we don't think it's too too much of his fault. I mean, if, when your line no, crumples no. around you, you know, when your line crumples around you, you, there's not much you can do about that. And especially with that defense you went up, went up against. So, you know, they look to build on that and they, obviously they've addressed it in the off season. They've, you know, they brought in Orlando Brown, um, uh, uh, left tackle. Obviously, that's a big, uh, a big addition. Um, you know, to get him in the door, they've immediately addressed it. And obviously, Andy Reid knows that he's a, he's been around long enough. He's been around the block a few times to know that you you need to address uh, the trenches to make sure that you keep him upright. And and obviously, you know, um, if you look back on their twenty the twenty twenty um, 
record. Um, they started the season um, going four and all, and then they got a surprising loss against the Raiders. Um, yes. That was their only meaningful loss all season. Um, the only other loss they had was in week seventeen when all of their um, when all of their backups were playing. That's right, um, Chad Henney versus the Chargers. Chad Henney, yeah. yeah, Chad Henney, exactly. As it, they all coined the phrase, Henny thing is possible, which oh. I love. Oh, which I hate. <laughs> yeah. PTSD for uh, Browns fans everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the, the only loss, like, meaningful loss they had was against the Raiders in week five. Apart from that, they, you know, I mean, obviously we're talking about one of the best teams in the NFL, but they beat the likes of Baltimore, Buffalo, um, they actually beat Tampa Bay in the regular season, 27 they, did. They, they, they blew them yeah. out of the water, really. The score yeah. was only close because of a um, because of a comeback, of which came yeah, way too late. Pat Mahomes threw for 462 yards, and Tyreek Hill had 269 receiving yards in that game. So, you know, it, it, that's got to be that's got to make it even worse the fact that they then lost to them in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, also, beating the likes of New Orleans and. Um, uh, and you know teams like Miami, Atlanta, Las Vegas on the return leg, so that you know they had a, they obviously went um, fourteen and two. It, you, you know you sort of right off that last game because it was all of their reserve players anyway. Not it wasn't the starters playing, so you know fourteen two, fifteen and one. They were they were undoubtedly in the regular season the best team in the NFL last year, um, and then just just I think injuries and you just fell apart of the teams, and it just shows you how important uh, sort of certain skill positions can be. Um, you know they came they, they obviously the Cleveland game was really really close and you know as I'm sure you'll tell most that Cleveland probably should have won that game but they still got through it um, and then they, they overcame Buffalo a good Buffalo side and then just you know um, just couldn't get it done against Tampa um, which was um, which was obviously uh, far and away the exact opposite of the of the Super Bowl previous to that you know then the, the, yeah. the Super Bowl they won against the 49ers they were much much better um, you know they were a much, much more accomplished team and um, you know it's could Mahomes go and, and and obviously they just missed out on the Super Bowl the year before that as well so do you think Mahomes could go to and and the and the Chiefs could go to three Super Bowls in a row I mean, I, in fact, I was about to throw the question to you of are the Kansas City Chiefs the best team in football? I think yes. I think that I think if so. you look at if you look at the Chiefs versus the Bucks on paper, on paper the Chiefs should win out simply because of position versus position. They should work out. I think yep. that the Bucks maybe have have a good game plan for when they play the Chiefs, and therefore when they come one on one, then the Bucks might have the upper hand. But I do think that the Chiefs are the best team in football. So absolutely, you know, I, it's it's almost obscene to think of them as not the first team that comes to mind when you think Super Bowl. But yeah, I do worry about depth still. It showed yes. it showed it showed me last year in the postseason that. You can go fourteen and two, fifteen and one, whatever you want to call it. You know, you could even go six. And no, but you've got to be able to have the legs to go through. And yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, personally, as someone that has a vested interest in the AFC, I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly concerned. But I'm concerned for Kansas fans that if the same thing was to happen again, but maybe earlier in the season, you know, you know, because injuries are a thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
England, and, and, I feel and, like they've always been quite lucky with injuries over the last few years. I think that they've come really late and it derailed them at the last, which obviously isn't lucky. But I feel like during the regular season, they've actually done quite well with injuries. You know, if they yeah. have a if they have a bout like let's say India have had during preseason, then it could derail them quite a bit. But then again, are you just talking football at that point? Yeah, exactly. And obviously, injuries can happen at any point. And, you know, it's, it, it, you, you could put that in anyone. Any, any team loses their star quarterback, you know, they're, they're, they're going to suffer from that. You know, we talked yeah. about the Texans and, and obviously it's not an injury thing, but, you know, the Texans win percentage goes up or win expected wins goes way up if you put Deshaun Watson in that room, as opposed to them starting Tyrod Taylor. The same thing is is there's is going to happen with the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, if, if you take Pat Mahomes out and put Chad Henney in, their win expectations go way down you know and and if he goes down you know it shows you how crucial their play is around him but you know that might be obvious um but i think it not maybe not even perhaps mahomes but maybe more importantly is like tyreek hill if tyreek hill goes down they then their two and three receivers are michael hardman and byron um pringle and then yeah. Demarcus Robinson as well. Like that doesn't scream at you that those those players are going to drag you through games and win you games, you know. And neither of them have the pace that Tyree Kill has as well. So, you know. And then you look at Travis Kelsey. He's such a unit, and obviously, you know, he's he, you know he's a type of guy that doesn't have too many injuries. But again, if, if that sort of thing happens, as it showed last season, you know, Pat Mahomes had his injuries, and they also lost members of the offensive line. So, um, you'd never rule it out. I think. On paper, the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL, and this is why I would be—I'm so reluctant to predict anyone other than the Chiefs to win the FC. Because the, unfortunately, the reality of the matter is, is that any Browns or Ravens or Bills, anyone has got to get beaten. past the Chiefs. They've got to yeah. get past the Chiefs, and I just don't know if they can. Like, if you put roster to roster, I actually think, like taking the Browns for example, just because they're your team, you go roster to roster. I actually think the Browns probably have the better team slightly. Oof. You know, they, they, I think I think the Chiefs have better individuals, but I think the Browns have the better team. However, they don't have a better quarterback by a True. by a long stretch. True. And Mahomes will drag Kansas City through games and will get them out of situations, whereas Mayfield won't. So that you know, that's that's the sort of that's the sort of differences, um, the, the subtle differences that will that will um, you know, w- which is what what puts Kansas City at the top of the tree. Yeah, I'll, I'll let the drag you out of situations a bit slide. I feel like Mayfield definitely proved his worth uh, last season with uh, with a few games. But I will definitely cede the fact that Mahomes is a far better quarterback, at least until we do him in again. I mean, what? <laughs> that definitely wasn't a targeted hit at all, uh, no matter what his mom said on Twitter. Um <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I think that the fact that we're having to talk about injuries and that with the Kansas City Chiefs in order to derail what could well be a perfect season kind of shows the fact that, you know, we are very high on the Chiefs. They don't seem to have much to worry about. I I look at it in very much the same sort of sense as you said, though. I When I was talking about, you know, the one or two injuries earlier on that could derail them, I was looking at like wide receiver, running back, offensive line. Because, you know, if you look beyond the main star, it does get weaker. But Mahomes does elevate. You know, he, I I think that what you were saying earlier, he definitely elevates those that aren't the star players on the roster. And I think that that, I mean, my God, we're talking about a guy that should have been in a goddamn wheelchair by the end of the Super Bowl and was still chucking up fantastic balls for people to get. 
So, yeah. What's interesting as well is that just quickly on their schedule for this year, they play the who's who of teams that are going to want to take them down in the regular season. So they open the, they open the season at, um, against Cleveland. Then they go to Baltimore. Then they've got the Chargers, who are obviously a divisional opponent. You know, Mm -hmm. other teams they play, they play Buffalo, they play the Titans, they play Green Bay, um, and they play, um, that's probably about it. But all of those teams are going to be teams that think they could probably, you know, beat Cleveland. And if they're going to do it, they need to prove that they can do it in a regular season game. Um, You know, looking at that, looking at that schedule, I don't think I've got them going 16 and all. I don't think so. It's it's very very difficult to go 16 and all. Just as we were saying, flip flopping from last week, saying it's very difficult to go 0 and 16. It's Mm -hmm. it's very difficult to go 17 and all. Shall we say nowadays? Um, You got me. I was going to pick you (laughs) up on it, but you've done it yourself. 17 and all. It's obviously very difficult to do, but you know, one or two losses if everyone stays healthy, and I I could easily see them doing 15 and two. Easy. Yeah, so I've got them on 13 and a half. I reckon that there's, but that's more because of looking at it from a betting perspective where sometimes you give the loss just to um, protect yourself. Um, But you could easily see them go 14 and three or 13 and four and not skip a beat, really. You know, you could easily see them doing week 18 what they did in uh, week 17 last year, for example. So uh, yeah, give us your give us your player to watch and one that's on the hot seat. If there are any, because realistically, who who on earth can you say is a surprise watcher, or who on yeah. earth can be on? Yeah, hot I mean, seat? player to watch is obviously you know they've got superstars. I'm not going to say someone like Travis Kelsey or Pat Mahomes because obviously, um, you know, I think I think uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is someone to watch. I think they're going to try and spread the role around a bit more this year. Um, you know, they need to establish a bit more of a run game. Um, and whilst Hilaire did have some success um, last season in terms of, of running the ball, I think they're going to try and incorporate him more. And obviously getting the getting the offensive line healthy again and getting them back up on and, and creating some lanes for him. Um, I think he's, he's in for a, for a good sort of bounce back season. Um, he only had two games last year where he rushed for over a hundred yards. So, you know, two games out of 16, that's, a, you know, um, that's not many um, for a rusher who, you, you know, their target is probably a hundred yards every game. So yeah, I'd say Edward Hilaire is certainly one to watch. I think they'll, they'll try and become a bit more three dimensional Um yeah, I reckon that as well with Sammy Watkins going, for example, he'll end up with a lot more touches. I reckon mm-hmm. that, it, that that move definitely sort of transforms how they might approach using Edward Teller as well. Yeah, so I yeah. think that there, there's definitely more opportunities in his future. Yeah, and I think he's a bit. He's you know he's a he's a good back in the sense that he can also be a pass catcher as well. So I think they'll look to use him again in the RPO as well and, and try and yeah. throw in the ball, not just not just having him as a rusher. But yeah, I think it, offensively he's one to one to watch. In terms of on the hot seat, um, you know, for a team that went to the Super Bowl last two seasons, there's a there's a plethora of people you could look to, um. You know, they need to get the ball back to, to Mahomes and put it in Mahomes' hands and let him win the game. So, you know, you could point to any of the sort of uh, defensive line, but, you know, they've they've got, uh, you know, incredible pass rush in terms of uh, Chris Jones and Frank Clark. Um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to stick on the offense. I'm going to go for Michael Hardman. Um, okay. He is going into his third season. Um, they spent a second round pick on him in 2018. I think it was 2018. Um 
and he needs to prove that he's not just like an average sort of fourth choice wide receiver on on the roster on anyone's roster. Um, you know, he's he's approaching a contract, I believe, um, contract year if not this year. Uh, he needs to prove himself. You know, Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey are obviously Mahomes' go-to guys, but they're going to be doubled a lot, and they, they you know they're going to draw the attention of defenses. So he's going to have lanes opened up for him to be able to to give himself some chances to to you know to make a name for himself in some games. And I think he needs to prove that he's you know he's not just an average sort of fourth choice receiver and he can actually be the backup to Tyree Kill. We just talked about if Tyree Kills goes down, you know, they need someone to be able to step up. Can Michael Hardman be that guy? No, that's a very astute observation. I definitely don't disagree with that. And you've done well to pick out someone from the vast array of stars in the uh, in the Chiefs lineup to actually uh, find someone whose butt might be a bit warm. Uh, Steve, we actually come straight back to you because in our drawing of lots, we once again seem to have uh, avoided doing the alternate uh, selections and uh, you've picked the Las Vegas Raiders, mate. So, uh, you know, without a swig of water, you're going to have to go again, mate. <laughs> straight back on the hot seat with the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, so the Raiders come into um, 2021 very similar to a lot of teams that we've spoken about. They finished eight and eight last season, leaving a lot to be desired. Um, funnily enough, they were um, at one stage, uh, they were six and three um, going into week 11. So they were six and three. They beat the Broncos in, in week 10, went to six and three um, and then lost uh, five of their last seven games uh, and ended eight and eight. So, you know, they, they had an awful, awful time of it in the last, in the end of the season um, and probably should have finished higher than eight and eight. Um, um, and, and the chief, the, the chief, sorry, the Raiders are one of those teams that, you know, they've got some impressive pieces. They've got a couple of, you know, a couple of guys that are sort of stars, you know, Darren Waller, obviously one of the best tight ends in, in the league. Um, you know, Josh Jacobs, obviously a great running back. He's shown his talent already. Um, you know, and I think um, second year receiver Henry Ruggs will, I think they'll look to get the ball to him a lot more. Um, I think there's a lot more to come from him. They've also got some pieces on defense. They traded for Yannick Ngokwe um, as well after he bounced around about eight different teams last season. Um, I, I found the pickup of uh, Trayvon Morig, the safety. I found that really interesting uh, pickup in the draft as well. So, you know, they've got some they've got some talent. They've got some players dotted around the roster. Um, but it's it, it'd be interesting to see what they can do. I think with with the Raiders, they're one of those teams that you just expect. They're just sort of a, you know, they'll be there or thereabouts. And I think the AFC, whilst it is a bit more stacked than the NFC, I think there will be a lot of competition for those wildcard places. I think you've got four or five teams that are going to be there in terms of each division's probably got a, a pretty solid winner. You know, the, the, you know, the likes of the Chiefs, the Bills, the the Browns, you know, those types of teams will all be up the top of the tree. But then the, the sort of wildcard positions, especially now the seven teams from each conference, um, I think there's going to be a lot of teams in and around it. You know, we talked about the likes of, say, Indianapolis. We've talked about the likes of now. I think I think um, the Raiders will be in that conversation. Um, I think obviously the the Ravens will be in that conversation if they if if the Browns win the uh, the AFC North. So you know, there's there's plenty of teams that are going to be there or thereabouts, and, and obviously the Dolphins as well. So um, the Raiders are going to be very much in that conversation. Um, I'd be intrigued to see what your thoughts are on Derek Carr. What do you think of Derek Carr as a quarterback? Do you? For me, he's again just. I know this is very symbolic of the Raiders themselves, but he seems very sort of middle of the road. You know, he doesn't. I don't think he's gonna, you know, drag you through games and win you a Super Bowl. But also, he's not like you know basement level 
sort of sort of quarterback? I think that he would be much better if he was given if he if he was given a bit more around him. I think that he's not one to elevate. He would be elevated by those around him. Um, you know, and helped out in certain situations. I don't think that he's been given it. And I think that he's never really been fully supported in the Raiders building. You know, and I think that that, that would probably play on you a little bit. Uh, the fact that, you know, he never, he's, he's always seen to be the one that's constantly questioned. Yeah. Um, you know, there's always questions surrounding whether or not he's the guy. I mean, my God. Talk about Baker Mayfield. It's nothing compared to compared to uh, Derek Carr. Um, I mean, I think the only one that has more questions uh, surrounding whether or not he should be uh, the main guy in the building is Kirk Cousins. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, so um, you know, there, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of love for him. I feel like they've not given him everything that they should for him either. Like, His... I, I, you know, you got Waller, you've got rugs but uh, you know the line's not great i feel mm-hmm. like the, i feel like it's not schemed well for him mm-hmm. I, I think that i mean it, it doesn't help for example josh jacobs getting injured in the way that he did as well of which mm-hmm. definitely yeah, yeah. um you know it, it definitely skewed a lot of plans i think because i think that he would be much better as a game manager type quarterback yeah, you know, like like you say, he's not one to fling it for four hundred yards a game and uh, win it on his back. I think he's definitely more more of a tactician sort of style. Um, uh, so yeah, that's 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 my thoughts on Carr really. And I mean, looking at his stats, like he came into the league in twenty fourteen and went straight in as the starter, um, and they went three and thirteen. But you know, for a starter, brand new quarterback, you probably don't. You know, you look at the guys like you know, sort of Joe Burrow last season, that type yeah. of you know impact. It's quite common for a starter to go into a team and perform like that. But yeah. after that, he went to three straight Pro Bowls. Um, he went seven and nine, twelve and three. He missed one game in 2016, and then six and nine again. But he was in the Pro Bowl all three years. So he, you know, he himself um, has obviously improved a bit, and his completion percentage in 2019 was over 70. percent So that you know, that's that's impressive in itself. And again, he draws great comparisons. I think to a sort of Matt Ryan, like he's 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 got that longevity. Like in in his now eight se- sorry seven seasons in the NFL, he's missed two games. So he started every single game but two, one yeah. in 2016 and one in 2017. Um, and the 2016 one might have been last game of the season because they were 12 and three. So, you know, he's he's missed a very few games in injury. I don't think he's had many injury rec- any injury problems. He's a three-time pro bowler. He's had last three seasons have all been 4,000-yard passing seasons. And the 2015 and 16, he was only pennies off 4,000 yards. So, you know, he's obviously got some some consistency there. And I, I, you know, it does make you wonder, like you plug him into a, perhaps a more accomplished team, you know, you plug Derek Carr into, you know, like a, um, I know they've got Dak now, but maybe like Dallas, for example, you know, yeah. look at the weapons that Dallas have got. I think Derek Carr does a lot better than he does in Las Vegas. Yeah. I also feel like there are teams in the NFL for whatever reason that, no matter what quarterback you put in there, they will never get the the positive rep that they should. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like the Raiders is one of those teams. You know, yeah. you could put whatever QB you want in there. You could put Prescott in Raiders colors, and, and you know, jersey sales will go up. But uh, <laughs> apart from, but apart from that, 
he'd be just be like, yeah, you know, he's that one on the Raiders, you know, they're a middling side, he's a middling quarterback, whatever. So I do feel like there is a bit of uh, there is a bit of brand going on there as well because yeah. realistically, you you know, you put Carr in a top tier team, I don't think that they that that it would skew their their wins too much. No, no, I guess not. And I think you know he's a good player, but I think there's a lot that says a lot about the roster around him. I think, um, you know, and his his his, his roster's not the greatest. Um, and I, th- I just I, whenever the Raiders come up in conversation, I can't help but feel that I just I just don't understand the John Gruden hire. Like John Gruden was out of the NFL for ten years, and they brought him back, and he did two seasons, and then they gave him a ten-year contract. I've got his deep details here. In November 19, he signed a 10-year deal worth about $100 million. Uh, and he was out of the league for 10 years. And, like, you know, I get, like, rewarding a contract. Like, if you've got a coach like Andy Reid, for example, yeah, lock him up for 10 years. He's a great, great coach. John Gruden was out of the league for 10 years. I just don't I just don't really understand it. So, yeah, I, I don't know if they've, they're ever going to go as far as they want to under Gruden. Um, you know, and you look at their schedule, they're, they're, you know, they're a tough team to predict and finishing second is going to give them a tougher schedule. You know, they play, they play teams like Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Um, obviously, they're in a tough division as well. They've got to prove themselves. And again, our conversation about divisional record, um, you know, we didn't mention it with Kansas City, but, you know, we'd assume that Kansas City will probably go 6-0, and if not 5-1 and one yeah. in the division. It's likely, you know. And then if, if you're going to finish in the wildcard spots in the in, from the AFC West, you're probably going to need to go 3-3, three and three, maybe 4-2. and two. And if you that, lost his and, and that against the Chargers as well. You know, Chargers exactly. are an up-and-coming side, which we'll touch yeah. on to. Denver aren't going to go without a fight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, tough, tough division, and and they're they're. Uh, they play the NFC East, like you said, which you know on paper you might think that oh that's you know it's a it's a pretty easy sort of um, division to go across to, but I don't think the NFC East is as bad as it was last year, um, and they've definitely improved. And so I think I think the the Raiders are in for another sort of middling season. It's very difficult to be anything other than sort of you know they're very sort of average team, um, and I don't know where they sort of go from here and, and what they do uh, going forward. I think they could be in and around the AFC. Um, wildcard picture and, and it would be interesting to see if they do get into the wildcard spots if they can cause a bit of an upset because you know they, they have got some good players like we said you know you know we've just talked about Derek Carr Josh Jacobs is running back they've got some good receiving options in the terms of Darren Waller and Henry Ruggs expecting to get more touches so you know there's 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 some pieces there but have they got enough to get maybe any more than about one playoff win if they do get there I don't think so myself I think that you might just be giving them a bit too much credit. I think that they are currently a perennial 500 team. Yeah. Um, you know, that they're the kind of team that will beat a good side on their day and you'll be like, whoa, what, really? But they're also a side that I could see someone like Houston or Jacksonville, you know, picking a really yeah. like close win pass and then everyone just going, yeah, but, you know, you've got to expect that sort of thing. Or like the Bears or something like that. Yeah. Where... You think, oh, the Raiders should have this. They've just beaten, you know, this really tough stuff. No, no, it's the Raiders. They're yeah. inconsistent. That's the word I'm looking for. <laughs> There's, there, there is inconsistency in their consistency. Yes. Um, 
So, is John Gruden on your hot seat? Well, he can't be because he's got a decade-long contract. Yeah, right? exactly. He's in. He's tied down for the eight years left on a hundred million dollars. So, yeah, it's not. It's it's not going to be cool. John Gruden. Um, I'll start with one to watch. Um, I think one to watch is. I've mentioned his name a few times. I think he's Henry Ruggs. Um, right. I don't think he got as many targets as he should have done last season. He only got forty-three targets, twenty-six receptions, four hundred and fifty-two yards. Which for a guy was, you know, he was in that that conversation of the three top talents in the wide receiver class of last year him, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy for a guy then to only get 450 yards in his first and only two touchdowns in his first season is a bit, uh, a, a very, a, sort of quite a lot disappointing actually, you know, I think that's that's not, they're not great numbers so but I think he is a good player um, and I think he's, you know, he proved in college he's a good player, I think he's got a lot more to offer um, so I'd look for him to get a much more, they need to get him involved in the game a lot more this year um, uh, and, and you know, and he's probably top of the wide receiver um, depth chart now, so um, I'd say him for for one to watch. In terms of uh, on the hot seat, um, uh, I think I'm probably going to have to say Yannick Ngokwe, um, just because he uh, obviously made he, he stomped his feet to get out of Jacksonville. He made it very clear he didn't want out of Jacksonville. Um, and then he went to the Vikings, which was a strange sort of trade. I didn't see him going there. And then he also then went to Baltimore as well. And I didn't really understand yeah. why he went there. And then obviously Jacksonville have picked him up. And for players that start bouncing around like that, it's always a bit concerning. Like he's, he made the Pro Bowl in 2016. Um, you know, he, he played 16 games. He had 12 sacks that year. But since then, he's just never been able to replicate that sort of level of play. Um and yeah, it does make you wonder. He's got to have a bit of a bounce back year, and you'd think that if he does have a bounce back year, that he can he could certainly um, you know certainly put himself in a conversation to be a big free agent next year. But yeah, he's definitely got to prove himself after after last season. Yeah, that's one of those big names of which really dominated you know three four years ago, and then you didn't really hear much apart from where he was moving to. You yeah. know, he went from being a, a human highlight reel to someone who you know, was just someone that you saw on the bottom of the ticker more than anything else. So, yeah, uh, yeah no, that's a, that's a good move to the uh, to the hot seat. I definitely agree on that. And, uh, and yeah, Henry Ruggs is definitely one to look out for. I felt like we didn't see anywhere near enough uh, highlights from him last year, uh, not yeah. through any fault of his own. I feel like yeah. there's a number of different things that caused for that to uh, yeah. Yeah. To not be the case, but uh, no. Um... Just just quickly on Ngokwe as well, he's the third highest cap hit on the Vig- on the Raiders for this season. $13 million only beaten by Derek Carr and Colton Miller, their left tackle. So, you know, he's he's they're paying him a lot of money in terms of their percentage of, of cap numbers. So, yeah, he's uh, he's under the pressure to perform. Steve Tuff is always putting firelighters underneath the hot seat. Uh, let's move on to the Los Angeles Chargers, shall we? Um, yeah, you can give your voice box a bit of a rest now. <laughs> um, so the Chargers finished seven and nine last year, of which I have to admit was probably the most undeserved record going. How on earth they didn't end up closer to double digits? You know, realistically, it all comes down to the start of their season because, um, Six losses were by one score last year for the Chargers. You know, that's that's outrageous. Two-thirds of their losses came within one score, and I think three or four in a row came down to, like, the last play of the game or pretty close to. So, um, you know, seven and nine seems 
you know, really puzzling. And also just to uh, give the opposite side for our Chiefs and other AFC West fans, uh, four of their wins were by one score as well. But uh, we're here to look at the positives, folks, and how they can improve. Because I am very high on the Chargers. I have to admit, I'm on the Herbert train. The hype train has left the station. Uh, his rookie year was exceptional. I'll read out the stats of which I which I pulled out. So his rookie records were for total touchdowns, 36, passing touchdowns, 31, completions, 396. I really wish that he had an extra four just to make that nice round number, but there we go. Uh, he also had records for 300-plus yard passing games with eight, three uh, or more TD games, six, and with that, he was rightfully named the Offensive Rookie of the Year. Now, I understand sophomore slumps, right? I'm a Browns fan. Baker Mayfield went through a sophomore slump. It's okay. We get it. We blame Freddie Kitchens. It's all good. But after reeling off that, the positivity around some of the star players around, you look at the star players of which the Chargers have got, Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Keenan Allen, Jared Cook coming in now into the tight end position because they lost Hunter Henry in free agency. Long live Hunter Henry. Austin Eckler. You know, you've got all those guys in your team. That's a star-studded team there. Brandon Staley is now leading the charge. And, you know, he's got a real positivity mindset. And I think he's actually a lock for coach of the year. You know, at 14 to 1 as well, go get it. Because, my God, what value. Um, all that going for you. I feel like a sophomore slump is a lot more diminished because you've got someone that actually knows how to coach. They've got stars of which he's already got continuity as well. I feel like there's not going to be too much of an issue. Also, it's not a shock departure for Lynn either. The writing was on the wall for Lynn leaving, you know, back in, I'd say, maybe October, November. They just didn't want to do it in the middle of the season. Um, so... Yeah, and also something of which I will say, and another reason why I'm really high on the Chargers, the start of their season is quite treacherous, but after their bye, it's such an excellent run. Um, you know, they, they they start out with like Washington, Dallas, and Kansas, but after the bye, it's an excellent run where I could actually see them winning some. I think it's like six or seven wins on the trot. Um, so if if they do start poorly, I will remain on the train whilst everybody else is looking to get off just before Los Angeles. It's fine. Um, so yeah, I'm very high on this Chargers train. What what are your thoughts, Steve? Get, take me off this train. Do you know what? I don't think I can get off. I, do you know what? I, I absolutely agree. Like Justin Herbert had such a good rookie season, and it's it's interesting as well. You look at the three quarterbacks that were taken in the first in the top of the first round in in Burrow, Herbert, and Tua, and and obviously they all went into different scenarios. And Burrow obviously that horrible injury, and you know, and Tua didn't really play a huge amount. Um, uh, but you. you Herbert by far and away had the best season of the three oh, by massively. far and away. Yeah. Um, you know, and he looks so, he looks so confident. He looks so polished and like, you know, to put up those kind of numbers, that's the type of numbers that you'd expect out of a sort of a sixth or seventh year sort of NFL veteran quarterback, not a, not a first year rookie coming into a situation. I mean, did, did he start week one or did they start with Tyrod Taylor? Um, I think they started with Tyrod. 
think. I think they started uh, with Tyrod. Did I he think get that Tyrod back got injury? injured. Yeah, so yeah. Tyrod pulled a, a Cleveland Browns game where he had to get stretched off mid-game, That's I think right. it was. And That's then right. he yeah. came in and then he won the job. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he, and you know, and, and he performed really well. And and um, and uh, it just it, the rest is history. They've you know they've they've really um, moved forward with him. I, I love the roster they're building. Um, you know, the pickup of Rashawn Slater. A lot of people had him as the number one lineman on the board in the draft over Sewell, and they managed to grab him. Uh, they also added Corey Lindsley as well um, yeah. at, at center. Um, so they've got a really sort of um, accomplished defensive line to have him behind and you know guys like Keenan Allen such a polished route runner Mike Williams you know Jared Cook is you know I know he's, I don't think he's Hunter Henry but he's still a good tight end option and that defense is really good and I love the pickup of Samuel Jr um you know at cornerback and, and you know they've got they've got a good team and I think they're maybe one or two years out from being a real contender um uh, and you know I'm, I'm I'm high on the on the charges just like you are. I I don't know if um, I don't know how far they go. And obviously that you know the problem they've got is that they, in their division they've got the best team in football. Um, so they're going to have to overcome the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you know twice a season. And but I wouldn't be surprised if they take them close. You know I would not be surprised. And and even if they if they split a game, I think if Kansas City is going to lose one or maybe I said two games a season, I think the Chargers are the ones they lose against. Um, yeah. I mean, what I would, what my advice to the Chargers, if you know, if any of them are listening, um, you know, my my advice would be focus on the other games, focus on the Raiders and the Broncos, getting four out of them. Because it's very possible to get four out of them, three or four out out of those, and they do enough to get into the wild card for me. You know, yeah. You know, it's it is a very sort of, you know, they've got the NFC East and the AFC North. Now, the AFC North, I can see the Chargers taking on the Steelers and winning, and and the Bengals and winning. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. and they could, and really, you know, it's probably going to be a ding dong between the Ravens and the Browns as well. So, you know, yeah. they could get two to three out of that. The NFC East, the Chargers could go to town, really. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think they could. He's good enough to be able to do that. But, like you say, there's so, there's so much riding on how he performs in his second year. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that that is always an issue. Also, just uh, bringing us back to our Tyrod Taylor uh, little note. Um, I hope that Davis Mills is ready with the uh, Houston Texans because if uh, Tyrod Taylor starts for the Houston Texans and they're not dressing <laughs> Deshaun Watson, I believe yeah. that he's next up on the list, which means yeah. that we would see. Uh, the 67th overall pick, who uh, no one's even been keeping tabs on. I've not heard anything about him, the poor sap, um, mm. throughout uh, throughout this preseason. Mostly because people don't want to cover the Texans, let alone anything else. <laughs> but uh, exactly, yeah. um, I I might go and put some money on Mills seeing some action between now and like week ten because. Uh, Tyrod Taylor's luck just seems to be to bring on the next uh, the next first pick of a team because uh, Houston obviously had to wait until the 67th pick and then still picked a quarterback, of which uh, still tickles me to this day. But we're here <laughs> to talk about the Los Angeles Chargers. Let me give you my uh, my to watch and on the hot seat. So um, I have actually taken Cook as uh, my one to watch. I quite like... Um, I quite like the move to bring Cook in after Hunter Henry left. Um, in part, just because I feel like Hunter Henry was such a massive 
player for Herbert in his first year. I think that Herbert is going to look to cook a lot. Um, you know, just because that was the position he looked to a lot, tight end spots. I feel like that is the offense that the Chargers are comfortable with running. Um, you know, we all know that he Herbert can air it out, but I feel like he does like having the outlet at tight end. And I feel like they will continue to exploit that. So I think that Jared Cook's going to end up with uh, much bigger figures than people necessarily have him for. He's one of which I constantly look out for in fantasy drafts at the moment because he's right down the board. But um, I think he has a season much like Hunter Henry had last year or someone like Mark Andrews where he's going to get targeted a lot. So, um, you know, there is yeah, a lot and, you know, to look if, at. If, if you're a new quarterback to the league, it's, it's sometimes always good to just go to your tight ends, straight, straight down the middle, you know, play between the hashes, um, you know, and, and it can, you know, he's going to benefit from that. Uh, it just can he can he slot in to the role that Hunter Henry can it be like a seamless transition from Henry to to Cook? But you know, Jared Cook was a good tight end in New Orleans, so yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a, I think it was a good pickup and uh, hard to disagree there. Yeah. Now my hot seat. We were talking off air that if I had, if we had recorded this as we'd done with other pods where we've done it all in the all on the Monday to release. I'd have been fine with talking about the guy I had on the hot seat. But then on Tuesday, he was cut. So Michael Badgley, the Badger, he, um, he, he, he was on my hot seat because he only slotted 24 of 33 last year. And they were all you know, outside the 40, the ones of which he missed. They were beyond the 40-yard line. Um, but turns out that the Chargers actually thought that his seat was way too hot and cut him which is something I only found out today. So I'm going to give it to Derwin James as my guy on the hot seat, of which, considering his Pro Bowl rookie season, he's going to seem pretty harsh. But I, I think it's a contract year. It's either this year or next year that's a contract year. I think that missing all of last year might push that up as well. Um, so he's going to want to get paid soon. Um, but he's only played five games in two years. You know, we don't yeah. know how, you know, we don't know if he's going to be able to play like the guy that he was. And if not, then, you know, the, the Chargers have got ambition. If Derwin James ends up not being the guy now, because let's face it, as much as he was great in his rookie year, he, he just might not be that guy. Two years worth of injuries will do that to a player. You know, we've seen it plenty of times. It's a long time to be out of the game, isn't it? You know, you, 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 when you think of guys that took time out of the game, like you look at maybe not due to injury, but you look at um, Le'Veon Bell and he took a year out, didn't he, to, to think he'd yeah. come back and be, be better and be, you know, have his body rested, but he just never was the same again. And, it, you know, I'd hate for that to be the case because, like you said, Derwin James is a great talent um, and his contract runs until 2022. Um, right. Uh, so he's not in a contract year this year, but next year he is. But, you know, if he can, this is going to be a big year for him because if he can, um, uh, if he can prove it that he's, the, the guy and they can go to him, then he's going to get that, that uh, contract, isn't he? But if he's not, you could see the Chargers moving on. Yeah, of which, of which would be sad because he is such a great talent. Yeah. Uh, speaking of talent and where there is a potential lack of it, let's go to Denver, shall we? <laughs> there, there might be a lack of oxygen, at least, being that high up. But uh, something of which I think that they do have a lack of is a suitable person at quarterback. I'm not sold on the Teddy train. Um, but I do think it was a good... I stand by the fact that Teddy is better than Drew Locke. 
I still think it was surprising that they made that move. And they're probably going to move off either of them next season. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm just not sold on that. Um, Just to give a rundown for last year. So there were five and 11 last year, but the Broncos were actually one of the most injury-affected teams last year. Most people probably don't think it because it wasn't talked about anywhere near as much as San Francisco. Um, so San Francisco had a combined 161.6 games missed due to injury. The, the Denver Broncos had a combined 104. So still quite a lot. And, you know, you don't you don't think about it. But, you know, Cortland Sutton and uh, Von Miller were the two main ones as well. And you, you start thinking of that and you think there are key pieces that they miss. So maybe the 5 and 11 is a misnomer. But... Then you look at the fact that, well, Denver have a great defense. Maybe they can hold up. Eh, they were 20th and 25th when you look at uh, yards conceded and points conceded last year. So I think that that's just more the stereotype than it is anything else nowadays. Um, so I'm not, I'm not sold. I'm not sold on Denver. I think that they are going to be much like the Raiders this year, where they're going to be middle of the pack. They'll end up winning games they shouldn't and losing games they shouldn't. They're going to end up around 500. Um, you know, when, when you look at their season last year, they beat the Dolphins, for example, and ran the Chiefs close. You know, this is that's the type, type of team which we're dealing with here, ones which can do that but then end up making terrible, terrible losses on, on other days. Um, I, like, I like some of the weapons that they've got. Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are great. I, I really like that. I like the one-two punch of Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I think that's going to come into play. I, I really like the pickup of Patrick Satan the second. I think that that's really going to help their uh, their secondary, which I think is actually a key need for them as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I I'm the, the QB room has really dampened my thoughts of the Broncos here. I feel like they could have been a lot bigger. Um, but I, I think that, that stunted them for a year or two. Yeah, and it, it's so frustrating, uh, you know, if if you're a fan of the Broncos, because had they have got an answer then? Do you remember? Do you remember a few months ago when there was so much talk about uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Broncos? Well, yes. If, uh, if, all if, of a sudden, they're a yeah. championship <laughs> team. Yeah. Yeah, if you know, if the, if the Packers had actually traded him and he'd gone to the Broncos, you know, you plug in whoever really that is someone that's just a slight bit better than Teddy B or, or Drew Locke. And, you know, we just talked about Derek Carr. You put Derek Carr in the offense and I think he probably thrives a bit more. Um, you know, they've got good options. Cortland Sutton, like you mentioned, if he can come back off injury and play well, Jerry Judy is obviously one of those three receivers we spoke about that, you know, I think we'll, we'll be having a better year this year. Uh, hopefully with some better quarterback player, KJ Hamler, I think is a, is a good talent and he showed his, showed his speed in, in flashes last season. Um, you know, so they've got some good options. Uh, um, uh, a receiver, um, but it's just how much can you rely on on Teddy Bridgewater? And and you know, I I agree with you that Drew Lock. I think Bridgewater is better than Drew Lock, and Drew Lock had a you know dreadful season last year just purely because of his 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 placement, his ball placement. He just what just his accuracy, his accuracy just wasn't there. And you know, he, he had flashes of of of, of good good performances but largely it just it just wasn't there and this is it screams i think of they they draw a lot of comparisons with the likes of say carolina um mm, you know they're both they're, 
they're both teams that have, that are still haven't answered the quarterback question, but yet have pieces around them that can, you know, if you plug someone better in there, they could quite easily become like a 500, 550, 600 team. Um, yeah. You know, and I think, you know, this defense, a lot of people talk about the 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 Denver defense. And I, the, like you said, they've got pieces. The the addition of Pat Saturn is a good one. They've got a like good uh, cornerback room now. Um, you know, Justin Simmons is obviously, a, you know, a great player. Von Miller will be coming back and they'll be looking to him and alongside Bradley Chubb, who's obviously a great player as well. You know, so they've got, pieces on defense the defense is probably stronger than their offense um um but it's you know it's how how much can you expect them to win when teddy b's the starter and you know i I, I don't mean to sort of be down on the guy but it's it it's painful that his career has ended this way not ended but has gone this way because he showed so much promise before that knee injury in minnesota and that knee injury was horrible and he missed like a whole season and a half from it so you know he showed so much promise and now here we are talking about him being just a bit better than drew lock you know <laughs> and uh, it shows how how far he's how far he's fallen but yeah it's difficult to be high on this team and, and obviously as we've just discussed they've got three teams that are notably better than them in the division um you know i think the broncos they you know they're, they're going to be more competitive than like maybe you know like the you know, we've talked about teams like the Texans and the and the Lions and, you know, maybe the Jets, places like that. I think they're going to be more competitive than those, but I still can't see them getting any more than about sort of five, six, maybe seven wins. Um, they will win some games. You know, you look at their um, schedule for next season. Um, you know, they've got some, the first three of three games are actually quite winnable. They go to the Giants, they go to the Jags and they host the Jets. You know, those three very winnable games, you know, they're going to be competitive in all of those. Baltimore, Pittsburgh, you know, you could see them upset in Pittsburgh. We've talked about Pittsburgh on a downward trajectory. Uh, divisional game against the Raiders. Cleveland, obviously difficult one. Washington football team, difficult one. They, they play NFC East teams in, in three in a row, Washington, Dallas, Philadelphia. Um, and then other other games that they got outside of the division: Detroit winnable, Cincinnati winnable, and then they finish with all three divisional games in a row: Vegas, LA uh, Chargers, and the Chiefs. So, you know, they, they've, there's definitely games they could win, and you could you can see there if they can pick up a couple of wins in the division, how they can get to 500. But it's difficult to see them getting any more than that. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. So I've got them at about I've got them at about a 500. So. Somewhere between seven to nine. I don't think I've actually ever gone as high as nine, but uh, yeah, <laughs> de- definitely sort of middling of the pack. Um, I'm going to be quite boring in terms of my to watching on the hot seat, I'm afraid. Um, so Patrick's a 10 the second is my one to watch simply because I yep. really like the pick. They really needed someone in that secondary um, that was going to work for them. And, you know, I-, I think that he was one of the best ones in the draft to go get. So I really like that. On the hot seat, well, it was going to be Drew Locke, and now he's not a star. <laughs> and then I thought, well, John, John Elway constantly has to answer for his quarterback picks, yeah. but he's not the GM anymore, so uh, he's not there. Uh, I mean, is it incredibly boring to say Teddy? I mean, I, I don't even know if, Maybe. I don't even know if the could... seat's that warm. You know, because you just know <laughs> that it's going to be a short-term arrangement. You could maybe maybe make an argument to say like Von Miller, like he's had a season out, he's coming back into a lot of pressure. You know, like does he need to perform? Does he need to be that leader on the defense? You know, does he need to to sort of drag them around? But um, yeah, let me let me paint a, a hypothetical picture here. How many wins would the Broncos have this season if 
at number nine, instead of picking Pat Satan, they picked Justin Fields. See, I'm not, I'm not big on Justin Fields. So but he's an upgrade on. Surely he's it, an upgrade on Bridgewater. Bridgewater. He, yeah, but I don't feel like it adds too many more. Maybe plus two. Hmm. So that gets yeah. you more towards the nine sort of marker, nine to yeah. ten marker if, at best. If Fields comes in in like week three or four in Chicago and plays really well and takes the Bears to the playoffs, the Broncos have got to be kicking themselves. They have to be because yeah. they're in a situation where a, a quarterback would improve this team dramatically. No, I, I get that. I get that, absolutely. In that case, then let's just put the entire uh, backroom staff on uh, front, front <laughs> office. Let's put the entire front office on, on the hot Front seat. office. You should have picked Fields, guys. Should have I mean, to fields. be quite honest with you, it's the Denver Broncos from front office. I feel like they're always in the hot seat over there. Yeah, yeah. very true. So uh, we've come to the end of our team previews, Steve. We, we've done it. That's all 32 teams previewed. We've given Gossip. each of them at least 15 minutes ago. We have. And some breaking news. I'll, I'll throw you some breaking news back. Oh. Are you ready? Hello, Involving this division, the oh. Raiders are signing KJ Wright, the uh, long-time um, Seattle uh, uh, middle linebacker. Yeah, the, um, the uh, wow. Raiders are signing him on a one-year deal. So... Does so that we're going to have to redo defense? this entire. We're going to yeah. redo this entire podcast then. That, that so, yeah, makes before, so much of a difference. <laughs> before we uh, before we uh, think about our uh, um, predictions for the finishing seasons, that's actually interesting pickup. Actually, obviously he's a veteran. He's you know he's only on a one year deal, but certainly interesting pickup. Spent his entire career in Seattle, Pro Bowler in 2016. So yeah, interesting pickup. Yeah, I don't I don't hate the move. I think that mm. that. That definitely helps out their defense. Their defense is probably yep. one of the ones that actually does need quite a bit of help. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So definitely don't hate that. Mm. Mike Mayock is helping your team, Las Vegas fans. <laughs> that's that's exactly what you want to hear. Um, so cards on the table, chips out. How do you see the table finishing up in the AFC West? Well, let's get the obvious out of the way. Kansas City are going to win it. You know, oh, we're not going to really. Yeah, I mean, let's let's be obvious here. Do you, do you think they go seventeen or no? No, I think we answered no, that. No, I don't. No. I've got them at thirteen and a half. I reckon fourteen, fifteen wins. Yeah, they, they'll, they'll they'll miss, they'll miss a couple. There's yeah, too they, many. They face too many good teams. I think. I agree. There's too many good teams that are playing this year that they will indefinitely lose to. Um, and in fact, and- I'm going to throw this in there as well. I think that their unbeaten September run comes to an end this year. Ooh. I'm not. I'm not saying necessarily to the Browns, but I feel like it's one of those odd records that has to go at some point. Mm, who do they play in September? So they play the Browns, they play the Ravens, and they play the Chargers. So you're well, backing you them go. to lose to one of those three teams. I am. I think. <laughs> put, put it this way: if it's not us, I reckon the Ravens do it because that's yeah. just my luck. And and obviously, as the as the Patriots showed, it's very very hard to consistently be at the very top level. And even the Patriots had seasons where they went seven and nine. Uh, sorry, nine yeah. and seven. Sorry, mm-hmm. you know, and, and it's still it's obviously still a winning record, but it's not the you know the fifteen and one sort of blow it all away. So you know, the, the, it's very very difficult to stay as dominant as they were. So you know, I'd have them at about sort of thirteen or fourteen. If that's not dominant, then I don't know what is. But it's not it's exactly. not sixteen and seventeen and always it. So yeah, I've got. 
the Chiefs winning the the division, obviously. Um, and then I think the Chargers and the Raiders flip flop. I think the Chargers are on such a good upward trajectory. I, you know, we can't speak enough of the superlatives about Justin Herbert. I think he's such a good player, and I think he's like you say that coaching staff there, Brandon Staley, um, and that offensive line and some of the weapons that he's got. I think he's in for a really really good year. Um, and I put them as a bit of a dark horse to get themselves into that playoff picture and and you know. And, and you know, cause a bit of an upset if they can get there. So, I'd have the the, the charges there on maybe about ten, maybe about ten wins. Okay. Um, and then I think the Raiders will be around five hundred, maybe maybe on the south side of five hundred because obviously you can't be five hundred anymore. Um, mm. I just I just don't see where they where they you know blow the competition away. I, I don't think they pick up too many divisional games. Maybe maybe three or two wins in the division um, because you know as we just spoke about, Denver won't go away. They're not just going to roll over, are they? No, they're um, not. So, you know, and then I think Denver obviously brings up the pack and they're probably similar to last season, sort of five or six. I don't think they'll get too many. They're not going to be the the sort of embarrassment of of like, you know, the Jets or the or the uh, or the Lions or the Texans. But I don't think they're going to be much better. Yeah. So um, just to give you my thoughts. So the Chiefs I've got at the top, obviously, about 13, 14 wins, as I've described. The Chargers then are about 11, 10, 11 wins. Um, obviously a sophomore slump would see that also dive a little bit, maybe more towards nine, but I reckon that they are still prime candidates to at least get that seventh spot, if not sixth or fifth. Um, then I've got the Denver Broncos and the Raiders about the same seven and seven or eight, both of them. I think that that's probably not too far away for either of them because they are both very sort of pinnickety 500 sides and I don't feel like they've moved away from that yet. But there you go. Right, that is the end of these pods for now. It's Steve, it's a, it's a sad moment, but it's tinged with happiness because we can finally talk about proper football. We get to finally talk about games. It feels like we started these preview podcasts about three months ago and we've been doing them for so long, but it's been good. It's been good to sort of get an insight into every team and to the teams that obviously we've spoken about that you probably wouldn't have discussed much or thought much about over the last few months. So, you know, it's good to preview every team and I'm very, very excited to uh, to get some real football back. I'm actually uh, I'm, I'm actually pulling a Sean and I'm going to be away for a week next week. So it'll oh, be... Missing uh, week be, one. I know. It'll be, it'll be, no, I'll be missing the preview for week one um so but i'll be back ready to ready to discuss it all and 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 get into the into the uh the nuts and bolts of it all after the after the week one i'm very very excited for it all and and as per every single fan i am all aboard the hype train and i'm fully expecting philly to get in a positive record and get the playoffs i'm, I'm all aboard the hype train no, no breaks to, i'm gonna have to go back through that podcast and see whether you were on that hype train <laughs> Uh, it's so long ago now I can't oh, no. remember uh, yeah but do keep it full 10 yards .co.uk for all of your NFL news we are we're a small band of UK writers and content creators but we are passionate and we know what we're talking about at least we think so and why would we be biased um, in terms of the season guides you've not got long to get yours until the start of the season but it's okay because all the printed ones are sold out anyway so thank you very much to those who bought a guide you're doing excellent uh, excellent god's work in terms of providing some much needed cash for 
the projects in the UK for American football. We're glad to have uh, been able to have sold as many as we did just because we really enjoyed actually making the guides. But you can still get a digital guide for free 99 if you go on the site and you put in the coupon code YARDS. Make sure you add it to the cart first, though, because otherwise you won't get an opportunity to put in the coupon code. So, yes, click cart first if you want to save a quid. Um, we'll be back next week. Well, I say we. Steve's pulling a Sean, but Sean will be back. And we might even grab someone else in to replace Steve for a week. But you can't replace him totally. But we will be back to preview the opening week in the NFL season. It's going to be great to talk meaningful football. And then we'll be settling down into our weekly pattern from there. So we'll be doing a podcast a week. You'll also get Kieran's corner back. You'll also have a betting podcast back. College football is now going to start talking about games again. Um, we're going to have something like 10 to 15 articles a week. Sign up to our email newsletter as well, and you'll get it all in one nice weekly bulletin on a Saturday so you can read up for the week's games ahead. So that's it from me and Steve for this week. We will see you next week for the start of the season. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.